0: all the time.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, Connect to more.
1: It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutela Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football. No. Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Oh. Brett Brown is out. Luca is in. in Central Arkansas going to play more football than anybody. It's 2TEL is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the great state. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Appreciate you being with us. Thanks for spending the time to uh, hang out with us. We appreciate it very much. If you would like to listen live on the World Wide Web, we can facilitate that for you. Go to our stream. It's there on the website, 1029ESPN.com. You listen live all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you would like to pick up your phone and call us, you can do that as well. 361 3688. 361 3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line and don't forget you can text that number as well 361-3688 uh, if you want to get in here on the uh, you know on the on the on the written format as well. Uh, let's take a look at what we got in the show today. We're going to talk a little bit of college football. Uh, I was going through the college football schedule today and it is uh, somewhat depressing. It's also sort of interesting of who's playing, who's out there. The Sun Belt is still going for, you know, everybody's talking about the, the FBS and the, the SEC, ACC, Big 12, etc. But there's a several mid-major conferences that are still rolling out there, uh, including the Sun Belt Conference and Central Arkansas, the FCS, is looking to get a piece of the pie. They have scheduled a couple of home-and-home home games at some uh, against uh, some FCS opponents. They also are the only team on the docket of North Dakota State. That's right, NDSU has chosen to play one and one game only this fall. An interesting deal, so we'll talk about that a little bit uh, as well. we'll if uh, As we go throughout the course of the day as well, some NBA stuff. How about Luka Doncic yesterday. I know it's been the big talk of everything, but unbelievable uh, what he managed to pull off. Down 20 and then hits the game winner, gets into overtime, hits the game winner in OT. Uh, Impressive stuff. Big time. Big time player uh, out of Luka Doncic. Obviously, we are in the throes of it right now. Games being played as we speak and the big news of the day out of the NBA. Brett Brown, not surprisingly, but fired uh, by the uh, Philadelphia 76ers uh, after a... Awful and then better but not good enough run as the head coach there. And obviously, as we know, uh, probably the coach who was the most hamstrung by the organization that he coached for of anybody, certainly in this early part of his tenure, and then just not enough late uh, to uh, to get the thing done. So he is out uh, in, in Philadelphia. By the way, just a quick update. The Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder. The series is two games to one in favor of the Rockets. End of the third quarter, they're up one So a great basketball game between the Thunder uh, and the Rockets going on right now on TNT Television. We also will get to Miami and Indiana. The Heat trying to sweep the Pacers right out of the postseason. We will have that game for you here on ESPN. But About the second half, we'll get you out there for the second half of that game as the Pacers try and find a way to uh, just stay alive against the Houston Rockets. So there you go. We'll get into all that. And then a little bit of high school stuff as well. High school football starts this week in the state of Montana. I know Class AA is not playing uh, for a couple more weeks because they canceled the non-conference portion of the season, but all the other classifications are playing, uh, and so there's a couple of games regionally in western Montana that are being played. Corvallis-Stevensville down the Bitterroot going to uh, get set to play. Frenchtown's got a game but uh, uh, against Dillon, by the way. Butte Central Catholic, however, has opted out of their game against Hamilton, and so we'll get into the, the, the hows and whys of that. So no game for the Hamilton Bronx tonight, uh, defending, uh, what, did they make it to the state championship or the semifinal this past year? Hamilton made it to the semifinal yeah, they, this last state year. State finalists the two years, two years prior, prior yeah. each of the two years so prior. Fi- then, final four,
0: each of the last four years, right. book book in semifinals around back to back state title
1: game appearances. So, uh, no no week 1 for Hamilton uh, this week. So, uh, there you go. We'll go but we'll go through uh, some of all of that stuff. Coulter, howdy. Happy Monday. Monday. How you doing, Gus? You know, just uh, trying to find some clean air to breathe. It's just brutal. Is it, it? It's really something, man. Like I don't know where this smoke is from. If it's California, if it's in state, I think it's out of state.
0: It is two two of the largest wildfires in California state history
1: raging right now. Yeah, it's it, not good. Uh, but. You get that haze coming in. Now, the Jack Weatherman says we're in for a little bit of wind and maybe even a little bit of rain, which will obviously be a very good thing to clear that thing out. But I know everybody all of a sudden goes, oh, right, it is still the end of August uh, around western Montana, and you get that, you know it set in now i don't know what it's like other places in the state obviously if you're watching us as though eastern montana and so on maybe a little better for you out that way but western side man gets into the mountains and then you know if it's kind of still out there not a lot of wind blowing you're kind of stuck in it so in any case you're stuck with us too but that's by choice and we're happy to uh you know be stuck to you too is that the way to say it sure uh coulter Let's talk a little FCS football, FB. Well, both really, uh, college football all the way around. I went on. I like to do this this time of year, and I must admit, I did not have nearly as much fun this year. But I love to get onto ESPN.com and go to the NCA football page and go to the schedule page because you see, you know dozens if not hundreds of games who's playing who you know i love it when i see you know texas state louisiana lafayette and them all fired up for a little you know mid-major sunbelt action and so on and most of the games i would say this i think there's quite a number of games that didn't that weren't even on the list and then there's a lot of games that were on the list that were listed as either postponed or canceled almost all of them of course that said uh there are a handful of games that are still on the docket to be played if you like the sunbelt conference you are in for a treat because they are rolling they're going they they they're allowing eight conference games and four non-conference games and several i guess you're telling me 15 FCS teams yep. are going to be playing football in some form or fashion, not necessarily a season this fall, but are going to go out there and play. But Central Arkansas, they're looking to just go for it. This against the backdrop of the, of the, the announcement last week from the NCAA of basically everybody's getting a free pass on this one this year. You want to go play? Have at it. No eligibility problems, no year of eligibility. Don't worry about your red shirt. Everybody's getting an extra, not just an extra year of eligibility, but an extra year of added to their timetable, their total timetable to get their playing careers finished. So this is like, in a sense, in terms of, your, in terms of the NCAA clock, this is free football if anybody wants to go out there and do it. So some teams are choosing to do that, and Central Arkansas in particular says, let's go. We're playing 10, 12 games this year.
0: They got nine right now on the schedule. Nine, okay.
1: And uh, it's uh,
0: it's free football in terms of eligibility. It's the opposite of free in terms of the money that they're going to make. Because uh, here's what Central Arkansas is going to do. First of all, they're playing in the FCS kickoff in Week Zero against Austin P in Montgomery, Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's this Saturday. So that'll be one of two games in the entire country that's going on. And
1: uh, you I mean you What's have the other one? Do we know what the other one South is? South Alabama at Southern Mississippi. Okay, now which of those two games is more enticing?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely central Arkansas versus UAB. That's a top twenty matchup in the FCS. Yeah. I mean what? not
1: UAB, Austin P. UAB oh, is excuse, the following week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Excuse, excuse me.
0: Yeah. Um UAB is the following week. But right. that's that's where the money comes from, is that now Central Arkansas. So first of all, they're gonna get big time exposure this weekend. It's actually too bad that game's not in Conway, Arkansas, because Central Arkansas has their famous purple field. Sure, they're one of the only colored fields. They were the last colored field made before that was made illegal. That you is can't it illegal anymore. now? Yeah, you can't do it anymore.
1: Oh really? Unless I didn't you, unless know you that.
0: grandfathered in, so Boise State, Eastern Washington, and Central Arkansas can, but no one else can do it.
1: But if they need to replace it, they can do it. The purple and it's a yep. purple and gray. It's an alternate thing. The other two, obviously, is a full red, full blue. This is like a, every five yards yep. uh, or ten yards, whatever it is, they switch the color on you.
0: Yep, but then uh, Central Arkansas, they're also going to have money games at UAB, at Arkansas State, and then their season finale at Louisiana Lafayette. So none of those Power Five games, but those probably all come with mm, – I'll fact check this on the break, but I would say these are three hundred to $350,000 paydays, so more than you'd get for coming to, you know, to a FCS power, right. certainly not as much as you'd get for playing an SEC or an ACC team. But substantial money for Central Arkansas nonetheless, and they also have home and homes against Missouri State and Eastern Kentucky. And then the big news today at North Dakota State on October 3rd. So the Bison, one of the... 15 teams in the FCS that are going to be playing a game, but they're the only ones that aren't still going with an FBS opponent. So in other words, Central Arkansas is playing FCSs like Eastern Kentucky and Missouri State Uh twice each, but they're also playing these FBS games. All the other teams that are also playing this fall in some form or fashion, the binding factor is they all have an FBS payday they don't want to give up the Bison, the only team that's going to make a run at at least even just one game here where they're not just holding on to their FBS payday and then supplementing it with a couple other games. They're just saying, we're going to play just the one game. And to me, I think the part of that is, and this is one thing we kind of glossed over because this was breaking news during our show on Friday. The NCAA approved practice hours for the fall. Right for teams that aren't playing this fall. So I think it's September 24th, teams can start engaging in 12 hours a week of operation, basically. That includes film and workouts and meetings and practice. So very similar to a spring ball schedule. Fall ball schedules is 20 hours a week. So it's less than fall ball, pretty similar to spring. So I imagine teams will practice two to three times per week also have meetings and have their normal lifting and, and things like that. Um, but North Dakota State taking this game on October 3rd, to me, I think is just a product of them wanting to have that. I think that the, the period goes six weeks. So basically right in the middle of it, they're going to have a game. So they can have like a scrimmage, essentially, but it's going to be a real game in the Fargo Dome against Central Arkansas. So I have a couple of questions for you. Yeah. First of all, before we get to the NDSU thing, because I do think there's a couple different uh, avenues to explore from the NDSU side of this thing. But Central Arkansas, I mean, a Southland power, certainly has established themselves as probably the premier program in the Southland Conference. The why of that, I'm not sure. I don't really know how Central Arkansas was able to catch Sam Houston State and and. Um, Stephen F. Austin, but they were. McNeese State as well. I mean, McNeese was the power of the 1990s and early 2000s. They haven't been the same, and I don't really know why that is. I think part of it is because of Louisiana Lafayette and Louisiana Monroe both going FBS, so they just have a little bit more clout in recruiting. Where McNeese, you know, there's still a lot of guys that would be fringe FBS, FCS guys that used to always go to McNeese. Now they're not. But either way, Central Arkansas, they were going to be a top 10, top 12 team coming into this year. I assume that since this doesn't hurt anybody's eligibility, that if there is a season in the spring, which I am becoming largely pessimistic about, but either way, if there is, I, I just what do you think of just the exposure Central Arkansas is is prone to get right now, as well as just how this might impact the next year of their football program as a whole?
1: I think the exposure is uh, significant. Uh, you know, they're going to get seen and be not just seen like people sitting down and watching them but they are going to be delivered on shows like SportsCenter i would assume at some point during the course of this season i mean when they play North Dakota State and they're the only team that plays North Dakota State and you got Trey Lance walking out there who is you know a a presumed first round draft pick and everybody's sort of interested in that's going to bring a ton of eyeballs to the scene now they might not be watching you but it might it's still going to be you know Talking about Central Arkansas football and, and and that goes on. I think if the the three F the power five FBS conferences that are still on so far to play football continue that way, I think your exposure, well heightened significantly, is not I don't know how much it ultimately moves the needle for you. Maybe a little bit, but I, I don't know that it's a ton. Moves uh, was the needle for it if you win one of those FBS games, though? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Regionally, it's more significant, right? We sit up yeah, here in Montana. Yeah, the needle in
0: recruiting, mm-hmm. for sure.
1: We sit up here in Montana, we kind of go, you know, okay, Central Arkansas, like, we know about them because of the level that they play at. We know it's a good program and that.
0: They came to Montana 2014 as well, so mm-hmm. that kind of was an announcement yep. to the people of Montana when they played Montana State. That was a great game. Too. Sure.
1: Uh, and And... Like nationally, you know, people watching and going, oh, well, OK, I guess central Arkansas is playing football. What an interesting thing that is. Oh, Scotty Pippen. OK, yeah, they can place it that way or something like that. But I think that, again, where where this really matters for these types of schools is in the state of Arkansas. Sure. And, and then the bordering, you know, 100 miles around the state or whatever it is that they would like largely pull from. And. It sounds like there's going to be a fair amount of football played in that region of the country, right? And so if that's the case, you know, how how much can you break through? But if you're going to play a full schedule, full nine game schedule and almost no one else is at the FCS level, uh, you know, that's a that's a big deal to continue to get out there and I don't know what the conception is. I don't know how strongly people in You know, in Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, consider the difference between, say, the Sun Belt and the Southland. Right? Maybe a lot. Maybe not a lot. I'm not. I don't know what their conception is. But if you got a team that's playing football week in and week out, along with the Sun Belt Conference and playing multiple Sun Belt teams, including UAB, Louisiana Lafayette, this is a team that all of a sudden could sort of start to, to, to a lot of people, is sort of blur the line a little bit. Well, is Central Arkansas even part of the Sun Belt? I mean, I, I promise you there will be people that watch this season and just assume Central Arkansas is a Sun Belt team and don't have any idea that they're not even in, in the same, you know, 85 scholarship you know, league of Division One football that the FBS football that the Sun Belt is in, and so and like you said, if they were to win one of those games, that would be significant. I don't know that's in the cards for them, but that would be a big, big deal. So you know that that is helpful, uh, and then maybe that gets you a little run going out into the spring and fall of next year.
0: As far as what people think of Central Arkansas compared to the Sun Belt, it's such an interesting question because. The thing that, to me, that it's unfortunate, well, I shouldn't say unfortunate, the Sunbelt is just stuck in this weird purgatory, but it's because of the newness and lack of tradition from the league itself, because none of the schools in the league have had tradition while being in the league, but they almost all of them have great tradition. App State has some of the best football tradition in the United States of America. So does Georgia Southern. They have multiple national championship trophies, but there's at the FCS level. Georgia State, I believe, is the largest school in the state of Georgia. I believe it's
1: bigger than yeah, in terms of undergraduate uh, population. Yeah, I mean, or total you, students. you did the Georgia yeah, State yeah, basketball game. And yeah. I think
0: that's where we got that from, Ron like 40, Hunter, the 45,
1: coach. I mean, it's students. In a, it's in Atlanta, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an h- urban h- campus in the city huge. of Atlanta. Yeah. It's
0: huge. I mean, Coastal Carolina was the shooting star across the FCS that you know came came up to the FCS level, basically ran through it. Was in the semifinals of the playoffs a couple times. I mean, Arkansas State has good. Tradition, they've had this. They've been this springboard for coaches that have gone on to the, the big time. I mean, they had multiple coaches in a, in a row that have gotten big time mm-hmm. jobs. I mean, Louisiana, Louisiana, Monroe, they both have decent tradition. They've both been places where coaches have cut their teeth. So you have a lot of schools that have tradition. It's just that the Sun Belt itself, by and large, has gotten so disrespected because those teams, they the, the only regional teams are going to play are teams you're not going to beat unless it's beating each other. So it's just so hard for them to break out of that, even into the the prominent group of five. I mean, there's been no Sunbelt team that's achieved the prowess of even a, a Boise State or yeah another Mountain West team that bursts onto the scene. And part of that is just because of where they're at and where they're located. But regardless, I think this is so interesting that Central Arkansas is doing it. I do think that... I think they're doing it because I think that they know that a spring season is not happening. I think that they're just going to load up and use this as whatever because the guys aren't losing their eligibility might as well make money get better and get ready for the fall of 2021 if 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 by chance an fcs playoff and an fcs slate happens in the spring central arkansas is not going to participate
1: yeah, i'd it. be interested i mean the one thing you said there is make money that they're going to get money off of the the fbs games that they play but they're not going they're going to lose money playing football ultimately and And so there also there obviously has to be a backing from the school, from the regions, from the president and so forth and so on to say, yeah, like we we abide this decision and we, you know, we we back it and we think it's good ultimately for for the university, whether it's for exposure, whether it's for just the state of competition, et cetera, that they would go and do that. Because, I mean, I got to think that. The overwhelming majority of football programs, if you just talked to the coaches and the players and said, "Well, do you want to get out there and go?" that they would say, "Yes, we want to go." And so, even though the conferences are saying, "Well, we're not going to have conference football," even though the NCAA said, "Well, we're not going to have a national championship," you know, Central Arkansas just looked internally and said, "Well, we're going to see if we can do it." And at this point, they are doing it. And it's it's interesting. You said fifteen FCS teams were are playing football this year now i understand travel is prohibitive you know in terms of cost and distance in a lot of situations okay but um in terms of just the schedule i mean all you need is about 10 under 11 teams to go ahead and go well yeah let's just figure it out we'll make some phone calls we get on a zoom call and we'll put a schedule together and we'll just go do it so that's what central arkansas has done they are they benefit greatly from where they are Uh, Because they get to sit there and play Arkansas State, play Austin P, play UAB in all these neighboring states. Missouri State, very southern part of Missouri, very close to them. Louisiana. So they have a ton of teams that are there where... I mean, the only team that Montana could play that's inside of that circle that would be maybe willing to go is Montana State or perhaps Eastern Washington. Right. Like, other than that, you're traveling way further than they're ever going to travel for any of these games on this schedule. The, The exception, of course, being North Dakota State. So, you know, that logistically is significant. I understand that. But also, you know, it's it's. I don't know if it's credit or a demerit to the administration to say that we're happy with this and we're going to go ahead and do it, but they, you know, you you see that the power is ultimately in the schools themselves to make that choice if they if they choose to. NDSU angle now,
0: yes. NDSU athletic director held a press conference today. So and Matt Entz, the head coach, was there as well, and they said at this moment they are not exploring playing any other games. This is the only game on the schedule. They didn't say that's the only game that's going to be on the schedule. They left the door open a little bit, but they said they're not exploring getting other games right now. It's a big misperception. Um, coaches across the country have quoted Trey Lance, best true freshman I've ever seen. Trey Lance was not a true freshman last year, North Dakota State's outstanding quarterback. He was a redshirt freshman. He redshirted his first year in Fargo. So last year, he was in his second year of college this Upcoming year will be his third year in college. Now, playing in this game against Central Arkansas does not burn that third year of eligibility. It does, though, make it so that he has three years of playing college football under his belt for the NFL draft standards. You have to be three years removed from your final year of high school. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't
1: matter if you're playing or not. You just have to be out of high school for three years.
0: Three years removed from your last year of high school. Yeah. So Trey Lance is presumably going to start at quarterback against Central Arkansas on October 3rd. And then will he be eligible because. Will of that? he
1: throw in an interception in that game?
0: I don't know. Good question. But he will be eligible for the NFL draft after playing in that game. Will he be eligible anyway? Um, right.
1: Yeah. But right, he will be eligible for this upcoming. But draft. if they
0: didn't play that game, I guess I guess he would be eligible anyways because he'd be three years removed from sure. from high school. But regardless, what do you think of that element of this?
1: Um, I don't know. I do think that this is. I would be really interested to know the motivation of North Dakota State to take this game. Um, don't you think it's just to break up? What They're certainly going to maximize the fall practice time. Well, of course. So don't you
0: think it's just to break that up and give their fans a little taste? I mean, it,
1: if you can have fans, definitely. They're paying and Central
0: Arkansas $100,000 to come to see okay. them. So, I mean, you're going to make more than that in some form or fashion. No fans, you make it up in pay-per-view. With fans, you make it up at the gate.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the finances of it are, are what they are. I guess my thought is, is, you know, I understand on one hand if all of a sudden you can put something out there and say, hey, we got something to play for, let's go to work, that that sort of ups the ante presumably a little bit when you talk about the intensity of practices and the, and the thing that you have at least coming up. But also, you know, the idea of just a once-off game and that's what you're going to do this fall and then it's going to be, yeah you know, it's gonna be that is is sort of bizarre and i I would be interested to know how what the what the line of of you know motivation is what the what the the way in which the coaching staff are getting these guys ready to go and what is the the auspices under which they are saying this is a great idea, this is why we're going to do this. Because obviously they have a plan in place, a story to be told about why they're going to go ahead and take this game. And, I mean, if you want to play football, then go ahead and play football. Um, if they think they are going to play in the spring too, and this has no bearing on that happening or not, you know, it's it's okay, that's, that's fine. Uh, by the way, North Dakota State and North Dakota – Certainly could be operating with a lot more belief that spring football is possible, given the fact that they play in domes, right? I mean, they can they can start playing football whenever everybody else is ready to go. Brookings, South Dakota becomes a little tougher, uh, but in any case, I, I, it is odd though to sit here and go, okay, it's one game, and you wonder at some level if this is if this is a university attempting to create a platform and a spotlight on one guy for their continued domination as a program of the of FCS football to show this is why we are who we are here's another you know top 15 whatever quarterback draft pick to the NFL out of Fargo
0: i never considered that never considered that Rather than trying to keep him as long as they can, they might just be trying to promote him as much as they the can. Get the next guy. Because that'll help you get the next guy. Because they I, already did get the next guy. He is the next guy. They already had a guy get drafted number two. Now, I will say
1: this. It, it's It's maybe a bit of a fool's errand to sit here and look at the quarterback classes as they go year by year. And if you're capable and able to go one year going, well... Do I really want to sit here and deal with the fact that Trevor Lawrence is also a quarterback in this draft? Maybe it's better for me to wait because you never know who's going to be good the next year. Somebody jumps up like a Joe Burrow. No one thought Joe Burrow was going to be who he was then. Yep. And so you can't just sit here and predict it. But that said, there's two what people consider absolute top shelf with Justin Fields, top shelf, yep. like can't, can't miss-ish, right? quarterbacks going, going into this draft and whether there is a perceived another one of those in the 2022 class I don't know now you, you risk injury you risk uh, uh, maybe maybe all of a sudden it doesn't look as good as it's looked for you I, I don't know you know there's a lot of ways that delaying it has hurt people. Matthew, Matt Barkley comes to mind right away on on something like that, but <laughs> or
0: or like an endless string of USC quarterbacks, right? A bunch of them
1: because Matt Liner cast himself
0: as the number one overall pick as well. So Sam Darnold too. I'm not. I'm not. You know, there's Sam Darnold couldn't come out, but he'd hurt himself.
1: There's a big downside to it. There sure is. But also, you could see him go well. Maybe I become the guy, the cut and dried absolute number one quarterback prospect in the country if I just wait one more year. And, oh, by the way, I have only actually played one year of college football. So, you know, I I don't know. I don't know what his motivation would be. Generally speaking, the thinking is, right, if you can go, you go.
0: I was just uh, transcribing our most recent interview with Jeff Choate. It was only 38 minutes, so it only took like a month. But <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all jokes aside, that one part that he did say, he said, I think that so he was asked about the validity of a spring season compounding into the next fall. I thought what he said was so interesting. He said, the power five is not going to let themselves fracture for more than one semester worth of sports. They're not just going to have some teams play this fall, some teams play in the spring, and then everybody get back together and play next fall. It's not happening. The moment that FBS teams start playing, unless it gets canceled and wiped, unless unless the season starts and doesn't finish and then everything is just wiped clean, as soon as it starts, to me, that's the end of football in the spring for the FBS teams, the Power Five teams. Because I just really don't think that You know, say Clemson plays ten games and Ohio State doesn't. I just don't think that Ohio State's then gonna go play a spring season while Clemson doesn't and let Clemson load up for the following year. It's just not gonna happen. And so that's where this whole thing is gonna get weird is if the power five doesn't set the pace, and that's what's so ironic about this, is because during that whole interview with Jeff Joe, all he was saying was we need a new model. What I do is not the same as what they do at Florida. We need to split off from this. But because they are so tied still, what the Power Five does is going to have a huge influence on what the FCS does. And I just am to the point where I don't think this has anything to do with the pandemic or student-athlete welfare like we've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks. Other than the student-athlete welfare that comes with playing next fall, college football, I think, By and large, there's going to be some casualties, no question. But by and large, can survive no football this fall or next spring. Anything that happens within this fall and next spring that impacts negatively next fall, that's where the catastrophe happens. You can't sacrifice fall of 2021 from a quality of the game standpoint, from an uncertainty standpoint, because you're just going to have droves of transfers. You're going to have so many injuries. It's going to screw up the entire modicum of operation And so that's why I think that Central Arkansas might actually be the ones that are getting the last laugh just from a football standpoint, not a society or morality standpoint. From a football standpoint, there's not going to be football in the
1: spring, I don't think. So I think they're getting it in while they can, and it's basically like free football. Right. Yeah, it is. It's its 2 tell New Juana's, 1029 ESPN Radio. By the way, it's free football for the ACC and SEC and Big 12, too. Uh, Quick break. On the other side, we talked about the NCAA Board of Governors and the decision they made to extend uh, out both eligibility and the timetable for f- completing your eligibility for all fall sports this year. What does that mean? What are the good things? And what are maybe some of the b- the downside of that ruling as well? We'll get to it right after this. Hey, The silver slipper is open for sit-down service. They've made some changes to help keep everyone safe safe and healthy. Their patio is open, so enjoy the beautiful weather outside. You can also stay socially distanced inside or outside. Obviously, the patio is great for that, but inside, they got the tables split up, moved around, so you're okay. They've made a bunch of changes inside to help keep everyone safe and healthy. They are also doing local giveaways every week to golf courses around – the city of missoula western montana ask your bartender how you can win things are changing all the time so go like the silver slipper on facebook for the most up-to-the-minute information still have the friendliest staff in town and they're all about great food tasty beverages and the years to have a good time across the street from super walmart on brooks visit the com for more info and stop by today see why the silver slipper is one of montana's best kept secrets I'm gonna out. I'm gonna out. By the way, the Lakers-Blazers game, tonight, is it the nightcap. We're still setting things up by time zone for the if viewing audience. So the right again. way to go about it seems to me. Nothing like playing that Eastern Conference Finals game tipping off at about 11 p.m. on the East Coast. Uh, it's 2 New Honors, 102.9 ESPN Radio. By the way, earlier today... Uh, In the NBA, Milwaukee did beat Orlando 121-106, so they are now up three games to one after they, of course, dropped that very first game. Uh, They've come back with a vengeance, winning three straight and and winning them handily. Uh, Right now, uh, let's see, it was 94-93 at the end of the third quarter. We'll get you an update on the uh, Oklahoma City-Houston game here in just a moment. Coulter, uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about the NCAA Board of Governors and what the choice was that they made in terms of extending – Uh, an additional year of eligibility and an additional year uh, of time or maybe you could say pausing both however you want to talk about it but basically no fall sports that are played this year are going to count in any way shape or form from an eligibility standpoint and ability to play future games against any of the student athletes that do participate in those games on one hand it seems like That makes a lot of sense. It seems like probably the right thing to do, like on the surface of it. But also, there may be some things that maybe are not, uh, that are sort of unintended consequences of this as well. By the way, just quickly, 113-111 with 15 seconds left. Oklahoma City up by two. Keep you apprised of the uh, result there.
0: I mean, this blanket waiver is is great for the student-athletes because none of them are at fault for... The potential loss of a year or even their final year. Sure, but this is a completely logistical nightmare for the schools, and let's let's use the example of FCS football for an exa- just just as a, an example. But this, I mean, every other every sport's going to have their own issues. But it's more complicated in the sports where you have split scholarships and where you have these these special numbers. So in the FCS, you get 63 scholarships, and those 63 scholarships, you can have 85 players on scholarship. So that that's the equivalency. 85 full scholarships in the
1: FBS, you can have 85 players on scholarship at the FCS. So 36 guys could have, for instance, a half scholarship. Right. That would be 18 total scholarships between those, and then the rest of you know however many was left, 40-something scholarships or whatever would be full scholarships for every other player that you wanted to have on a scholarship. But
0: you can also split
1: it up even more than that. You can also
0: split it up even more than that. That's where, I mean, having a roster manager is such a huge thing. A lot of times, I mean, what's the common joke? What does the assistant head coach do? What's the associate head coach do? And that guy always says, well, whatever Bobby Houck or Jeff Choate doesn't want to do, that's always the joke. Yeah. Roster management is one of the main jobs of the assistant head coach, figuring out who goes where, who has what. It's just like a giant spreadsheet. Uh, I think that Uh, A common fan might be surprised how many schools in the Big Sky Conference and the FCS abroad did not meet their equivalency every year without having all 63 scholarships in full used or without having 85 full players on scholarship. But then the third equivalency comes from your school. Mm. The roster limit comes from your, your school. So at Montana State, it's 104. I believe it's the same at Montana. But it can be more at other schools. It just depends on how many athletes you have in your athletic department. How many? What's your female to, to male student body ratio on campus as a whole? But that's why I say it's going to be a nightmare, because this is one thing you can't give the leagues autonomy. You have to have you have to have a governing body that makes the limit just for a year or 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 a three year span or whatever to get through this. Because. because you you can't just... There, there's going to be some situations, like Montana State, for example, next year, if everything rolls over, they're going to have 44 seniors on their roster. Mm-hmm. That's a huge bonus. But you're obviously not going to get rid of any of those guys going into their senior year, but then you're going to have an inflated roster in terms of the guys on scholarship and the... Um, the guys on your total roster, it's not going to be the same everywhere because not everyone's going to, a lot of teams have young teams or they have big sophomore classes or whatever it might be, but you got to figure out a way to make it equivalent just for a year or two. Well, and that's going to come down to more than just the leagues or the schools. It has to be a governing body like the FCS or like Division of One football as a whole.
1: I'm sure that this has been talked about and I don't know what the answer to this is. Uh, We got into this a little bit when we spoke with Coach Chode in terms of some of the hypotheticals this was prior to this announcement being made. Here's the thing. Next year, you don't have 44 seniors if you're Montana State. You have the same number of seniors and the same number of juniors because nobody is advancing. So what happens is you have your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior class and, say, a redshirt freshman class behind them. And what you're getting essentially is a second redshirt freshman class that will be coming on with the original redshirt freshman class, and now you have basically two years of recruits that are that their eligibility is the same for for the next five years, and and now you're like you said you're way over the equivalency numbers certainly in terms of total players. Now you assume that some of that sort of works itself out in the wash. Like there's going to be there's going to be a lot of football players that. Don't expect to don't even have aspirations, maybe even a desire to play NFL or CFL football professionally that are going to graduate regardless because school's not stopping and they're going to say, thanks, but no, thanks. I leave one on the table because I I, I got I got a job that I'm going to. I got I'm I'm taking off for Europe. I'm doing whatever it is that I'm up to. And so and those guys are just going to be done. But there's a lot of guys who will stick around, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys who are going to find a way to get into a master's program or whatever it might be. Maybe they transfer. I mean, who knows what. But you are going to have a giant number, and it seems like you're going to have to sort of make uh, allowances for that next season, and maybe year by year, maybe it all of a sudden becomes 125 kids you can have on your roster and 2022 then it's 117 in 2023 yeah, right. then it's 110 in 2024 and so on until you sort of get back to normal the issue though I think is really with scholarships because yeah. you got you brought in a bunch of kids who you thought were going to have all the graduating senior scholarships available to them. And even if you increase the number of scholarships you can have, it doesn't mean there's money to have to give to those kids at a lot of these schools.
0: Exactly. And that's where you get killed is, uh, you know, schools like Montana, Montana State can raise more money and figure that part out. Right. Especially when in revenue sports like football. But. Some schools are just gonna they're gonna have a really hard time. They're gonna they're gonna have to be forcing guys out the door and or telling guys, hey, I know we were gonna sign you, but now we're not gonna, and maybe you can grace your wait till next year or whatever. Because you're right, they're just not gonna have the funds. Yeah, I got a question for you. Okay, so first of all, um, it's it's my belief that the NFL does damage control when it comes to bad publicity about their league. Less than any other pro sports league, Worse and than that's anyone? and that not not worse than oh, anyone. Just less
1: than anyone. Less than
0: anyone, and okay. that's by design. All publicity is good publicity. The NFL does not care because domestic violence and driving 140 miles per hour down the freeway when you're drunk, all of the bad publicity. I mean, the NFL has had an endless string of bad publicity with star players, not just. Middle of the road players, star players, and it hasn't impacted their bottom line one iota. And in fact, they are able to dominate the news cycle 365 days a year because literally everything that happens in the NFL is the biggest news of the day. Whether it's Ezekiel Elliott violating the personal conduct code or Antonio Brown making stupid videos outside of the, you know his house or you know this, that, and the other thing. They don't care. They know that they don't need to do damage control because all it does is put them in the spotlight, no matter if it's good publicity or bad publicity, and then when the games roll around, it erases the bad publicity.
1: Do you agree with that notion? No. Really? Why not? Uh, because the NFL, the the presumption is that because they don't do damage control, that that first of all that they find themselves A, responsible for any of the undertakings of any of their you know athletes that play in their league which they don't and maybe that's part of what you're talking about is they create the separation they certainly do come out and say you know we are disciplining this person we don't stand for this this is not acceptable to sure, us as a league but they don't hate it how do you know like well, you're sitting here telling me that they would prefer to have I don't Ray Rice and Kareem Hunt and I, 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 and not to not i think that's crazy sadly in this country having Ray Rice and Kareem Hunt
0: Gets you on the top of the news page, whereas having the Walter Payton Man of the Year does not. I don't. I I I I completely disagree. Regardless, good publicity or any publicity is good publicity. I don't think the NFL is encouraging it. I just don't think that they they would have some sort of uh, much more serious um, accountability connection to their players if they were concerned about it. You know, maybe, and and by the way, I, I'm not. It's not a coincidence to me that it's so much. The personal conduct portion of this is so much more rampant in the NFL than it is in any other pro sport. The NBA took care of it. The NBA, the the accountability that exists within the league and the players holding each other accountable, mm-hmm. combined with the visibility of it, they all, the NBA has also reinforce full force to their workforce that, hey, you you have a chance to make as much if not more money on your personality and your marketability. Now, that is a unique thing to the NBA because of the visibility of the players, but I also just think that the NBA, they have these rookie symposiums. They It's part of NBA culture for the veterans to take the young guys under their wings. It seems as if, because it's such a suitcase league in the NFL, careers last so short. Everybody's trying to take everybody's job. There's not the players holding the players accountable, and the league doesn't hold the players accountable until after the fact. There's no preemptive holding them accountable. You certainly can get in trouble after, but
1: not before. Uh, Generally, I think I agree with you on that, but I would also say that is a a matter of the circumstance of the leagues. I mean, you got 12 or 13 guys on a team, as opposed to 53 plus practice squad, whatever. Yeah. Tracking those th- those people, accounting for them, and so forth, and and quote unquote leading them, make you know getting them to do the right thing, the much taller task and a much higher likelihood of failure on an individual one to one level in the NFL than there is in the NBA.
0: So tell me this: this is a, little, this is a little bit of a reach, but th- my the reason I bring that up is my yeah. question is: do you feel like the NCAA as a whole and college football at large is dragging their feet, they don't have a sense of urgency when it comes to making final decisions in terms of the reallotment of scheduling, not because they want it all to be canceled, but they know that the systematic and daily cancellation keeps them in the spotlight.
1: I mean, no, honestly, you know what I think it is? No one knows what in the world to do. I just think that they're sitting there. I, I don't think there is more to dig into other than total confusion and, and I'm not blaming anyone here, I'm talking about the circumstances such that people just simply do not have what they feel like are the grounds to make a decision, and so then they don't. Now, if you're in a decision-making position, that doesn't necessarily justify you. I mean, not to decide is to decide, right? I mean, you, you if you're not making a choice, a choice is still going to be made one way or another just by lack of action. So, you still have to take control and obviously Mark Emmert and the powers of being the NCAA have chosen to shirk that responsibility by and large up to this point. But, I don't think that they're sitting here going, well, guess what? If we get the, if we get you know Ohio State out, and then the next day we can go ahead and get you know the University of Washington out, and then Nebraska comes back yeah, and says this, that then look at we're still in the news. You know why they're in the news? Because the news, us sports, needs something, and so everything that happens like this, you know, it gets fomented back up to the top.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it, what I what I should be saying what I what what my implication is is not necessarily that they want each domino to fall day by day so that it discontinues this doomsday scenario. I think it's more that they have been hesitant to make an overarching decision because they wanted to prey on the optimism of the American sports fan. They wanted to... I mean, still, right now, there's still millions and millions of people that are looking forward to a college football season that's going to look distinctly different, but that
1: millions of people still think is going to happen. And it still might, you know, completely truncated version. Sure, I mean, I... I I count myself among those millions who is both tepidly looking forward to and broadly expecting that football is going to take place in some form or fashion. Is there anything that could shut it down on a national level? Answer that question on the other side. Stu Tell one oh two nine, ESPN radio, Oklahoma City Thunder wins by three one seventeen, one fourteen. They're back in the series.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running, from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more.
1: two okc okay, back in it had to win it and they did it by three great game over the houston rockets to tell new one is 1029 espn radio at gus tell on twitter at 1029 espn at skyline sports mt on twitter as well you can go check us out there we appreciate that and you can also watch us on youtube how about that Two tell new one is youtube channel Anytime you would like it, anywhere you would like it. What question am I am am I answering here? Well, I I I just wonder if there's a
0: break breaking point where I, I'm so stuck on the fact that I I actually think that it it is correct by the structure of college football as well as the most effective structure for the governing of entities in general to make conferences and schools autonomous compared to having an overarching entity like the NCAA make overarching decisions that affects everybody because schools like Montana and Montana State are just so distinctly different than schools like Arkansas and Arkansas State or Georgia and Georgia State. But I just wonder if there's this breaking point where there was some sort of federal and or NCAA intervention I'm just so fascinated to see how this whole thing goes because the Pac-12 now, they made the decision. They're out. They're not doing it. They're not coming back from that. So now they're just going to be in a waiting mode for either spring, which I don't think is happening, or next fall. Okay, but that is what it is. There's no no consequences for what they're going to do besides the consequences they already know are a reality and they already know will be true over the next calendar year. I just want to know, like, if, if the SEC just rolls and people are just getting sick all over the place, is there an entity that can step in and control that, or is that something that we don't want? I'm so stuck in the middle on it because I do think the commissioner of the SEC maybe has an influence. Maybe the NCAA has an influence, but I don't know how much because at the end of the day, the schools are autonomous to make these decisions to play, and I, I'm just stuck on it. On, I just think that for the continuity of the sport of college football, being on the same page, no matter what the decision is, would be the best choice. And because some schools are out, it would be the best choice for the sanctity of the sport to all be out.
1: I'm not talking pandemic aside; just to stay together. That's what just you. so that everybody is there's you know is on the same footing. Totally, but I just I just wonder
0: if the. Other conferences do roll. What are the repercussions of all of this, both from a sports perspective and from a public health perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, the answer is, I mean, I, I presume, you know, the federal government wields something like the power to do that. If they deem, you know, they can invoke something like, na- you know, national health security or something. I, I don't know. Right. But the the idea that that would happen seems seems far gone. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing the, the 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 idea to me is the the one entity that you know could do it but I but doesn't want to do it but could is the players, right? The players, the players could right, make that right. choice and sway that. The other group that has the power to do this? The people. Like the the the, the idea that the public opinion isn't influential is is erroneous. Well, I, first of all, I don't think a lot of people... I think everybody recognizes that. Now, I understand people talking about the angry mob and this and that and the other, and that's fine, and that's like... I don't think people should have to kowtow to some small, angry populace about any particular issue, regardless of direction or whatever. I'm just saying, like, okay. But what I am saying is if, if something either some individual tragedy takes place or some multiplicity of things takes place, and everybody just goes, well, wait, what in the world are we doing? There's a tipping point there where when enough people go, this is crazy, what are we doing here? Uh, That that would do it, right? That would shut it down. Uh, I, uh, by the way, just for for the record, I'm not, I am not there myself at this moment. Like, I've heard a lot of pundits on ESPN radio and Fox radio all these places say this is crazy it's unsafe and it's irresponsible to have college sports being played in this fall if I lived in New York City if I lived in Seattle Washington I might echo those sentiments right down the line and agree with that completely my experience hasn't been that and I'm fortunate to have that and I recognize that other people uh, you know are, are are you know are on in another place for that what I'm saying is, is as it stands right now, I think that each entity, whether it's by school or by conference, needs to make a decision. The problem that I have is, is that, I want the decision to be made in the best interest, particularly of health. And even though that is usually the language that these decisions are couched in, I don't believe it's in fact the motivating or animating factor in the decisions that are being made. And that is my biggest problem. It's not that it's being played. It's that I am suspicious of the motivations for trotting these children out there to play contact football. And that's but I'm not against them doing it.
0: It's so the best point you've made over the last six months. Well, thank you. Is is not just that, but just, just the... Uh, the There's been uh, a seemingly endless number of statements that have been made. To me, there's been no actual decision that has been made. No one has gone up to the microphone and said, this is what our goal is with what we are doing today, and here's what we can't have happen. It's been... We have the best interest of the student athletes and our fans that are in our hearts. Will you we'll, know that's an ever-evolving world of college athletics? Everything's mysterious. It's all platitudes. It's all junk. No one has said we're canceling the season because we can't afford to get sued by ten thousand people to get coronavirus at Buckeye Stadium. no one said that. Right. No one has said this we is the why. <laughs> no one said this is our goal for what we want it to be or this is why we are canceling yeah, it. And yeah. that's
1: the part that's just so infuriating to me. Can can we bring it? I know we're up against it, but I just want to bring this all the way local, though. Yeah, We're playing football in the state of Montana for high school kids. High school kids. Yeah. I sit here and I, I see... I guess what everybody else sees maybe we all see it differently i understand that we all hear different things but like the reality of this pandemic is a very serious thing and it is it is a continuing um problem to say the least and 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 major major concern the absolute unquestionable safest thing to do in the interest of public health and the health of everybody involved is to not go to school is to probably not go to work and it is certainly to not play football on a you know on a just you know for fun base on an extracurricular basis also when i look around our state and i see the numbers of uh that, that we have had in total the people who have yes actually died people are dying from this even in the state of montana but i look around and i see broadly speaking what has taken place i personally and maybe this is on me i got no problem with football being played. You haven't heard me one time come out and say, this is idiotic, this is a bad decision. I think, you know, they're, you you put the plans in place as best you can. I realize there's a real big disconnect between what's happening or trying to happen in schools and what's happening on, you know, athletic fields this fall, be it football, soccer, what have you. But we're in a rural state, especially the out, I mean, in, in the city of Missoula is New York City of, of, of Montana, you know, and you go out, to the high line you go down the bitter route you go down the paradise Valley, whatever man like it it is i just don't see the payoff i guess if i'm gonna do checks and balances that says the amount safer that you become justifies the just annihilation of life as we know it you know and and so even with what we're talking with, I, say, I mean, I characterize college students as children. They're certainly not children. They're young adults, and they are, in the case of football, young men who are then men, you know, at the time that it's all said and done. We're talking about children now at the high school level. So it is our responsibility societally and so on to protect them all the way through, okay? In the state of Montana, I don't have a problem with it. I also think it's absolutely the right decision in the state of Washington to not play football. Okay. Or to not have sports. There's a lot of people angry in Washington. They're not playing football. I think that's crazy. I don't know how you could or would. We're not there. We got a hundred million square miles of wilderness. Go out in a field
0: and play some football. Well, on this other side, we'll give you a little roundup of the uh, prep football action that could happen, that will happen, that should happen. And, uh, I'll tell you what has frustrated me the most about the lack of continuity between the decision-making when it comes to playing sports in the state of Montana.
1: The Silver Slipper is open again for sit-down service. They've made some changes to help keep everybody safe and healthy, Their patio, it's open. Beautiful weather outside. Go sit down, enjoy a drink, enjoy a dinner on the patio. They're also doing weekly giveaways to local golf courses. So stop in and ask your bartender how you can win. Things are changing all the time, so go on Facebook and like the Silver Slipper for the most up-to-the-minute information They have the friendliest staff in town even in the midst of a pandemic. At the Silver Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. They're across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. They're on the south end of town. Visit the Silver for more info and stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best kept secrets. It's finally starting to
0: feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom